Hello, and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema. And alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com, I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hey! And Elizabeth. Hello! And we should really call this Teledrunk. We should. This our is third our... annual. Is it our third annual? It is. Who knew? You, apparently. I did. Um, yes, so we are taking a pause on movies to talk about TV, um, framing it sort of for the Emmys coming up. So we'll talk a little bit about the Emmys and then just TV that we liked. Um, Matt set some really ridiculous standards. Um, so You're we had to really narrow things down. There's, you know, we're in the golden age of TV, there's a lot that I had to cut and say goodbye to. Um, for me, it's really just the Fargo Awards, so, you know. <laughs> but um, before we get to all of our uh, TV faves, what are we drinking to take us through this journey? Mm. Well, we are drinking a little drink I like to call the Bee's Knees. Mm, and it mm. is. Not just because it is the Bee's Knees, but because it is called the Bee's Knees, <laughs> not by just me. Um, it's a drink that consists of lemon juice, honey, and gin, and that's it. And normally, you know, if you were super fancy, you would, um, shake it in a cocktail shaker and then strain it into a cocktail glass, but we're having it on the rocks because that's how we like it, and it's really hot, and, you know, so we're... Treating ourselves to a little ice cube here and there. Amen. Um, but this this drink comes to us from uh, what is undoubtedly the best company oh, yeah? in the world. Do tell. And by best, I mean superior in every way. <laughs> uh, it's called B-Raw. I have no connection to them whatsoever. Oh, no? No. Mm. Um, just, just a super fan. That's all. Uh, and they publish recipes, um, that include honey, of course. And, um, it's a honey company. And, uh, there's a new ebook called the guide to cocktails or something like, I don't know what it's called, but it's, it's about drinks. Didn't you write it? I heard No, shh. No, or you have no affiliation. Um, <laughs> no, it's called Sweeten Your Game, The B-Raw Guide to Honey Cocktails. Um, and this is a shameless plug. But it's actually really great, and um, this isn't the last you'll hear of it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but I think we're all in agreement that this drink is delish. Yeah. And it's a great Super sort delish. of end of summer drink, too. And, of course, you know, gin. That's always what we go for. It so. is. You don't have to agree with me, but I think I would say it's the bee's knees. I would say I that. I would, would go so far as to say that. Uh, so as Elizabeth pouted about just a bit ago, um, I did set some ground rules for this. We love making lists, uh, and so I wanted us to make three separate top five lists to sort of narrow down our focus for this podcast for discussing the past year in television. Uh, so our first top five list uh, in correlating to the Emmy Awards, uh, which are coming up soon, uh, is our top five favorite nominations from this year's Emmy crop of nominees. Uh, let's just get right to it, yeah? Le crop. Yeah, let's do it. I can start. Um, are so we starting my... like number five Excuse and we'll yeah. count down? Great. 
Oh, we have these ranks. It'd be strange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quick rank them. Quick. Go. It would be. I'm doing would some be, side work here. It would be strange for us to start at one and then be like, "This is my favorite." This less. Yeah, this, this, this. <laughs> Fine. No, right. these are all really great. So my number five um, favorite nomination is Blackish getting nominated for best TV comedy. Um, I really enjoy it. It's a great traditional family sitcom, but it has a little bit more bite and a little bit more. A little more on its mind to say. Um, I think it is the superior, if you're talking about sort of still gentle family comedy, it is far superior to certainly where Modern Family is now, which is still fine. I mean, it's right. not like it's a sh- it's not like Big Bang Theory atrocious now or something. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, but it also just has a little bit more on its mind than Modern. It tackles sort of social issues better than Modern Family ever has. Mm. Um, and it also just has a fantastic, I was about to say the F word and then I stopped myself, but it has a really fantastic cast. Um, Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross are amazing. Um, I forget her name, but the woman who plays Anthony Anderson's mother is amazing. Mm. Lawrence Fishburne is amazing. And all four child actors are really terrific, which is definitely a leg up on Modern Family, which is saddled with those two boys who are the two worst actors I've ever had to witness in my life. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so it's just exciting that Blackish actually made it into the comedy genre. Yeah, it was... More or less predicted by most people, but you never know with that like, last also, slot. So it was exciting to get in. Correct me if I'm It's also the first African American led comedy to be nominated since Cosby Show, right? In comedy. Have there even been others since then? I wouldn't know. Well, hang in with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Family Matters. Your favorite. Okay, I, I guess. There like, there, but yeah, yeah so anyway, but in so the awards competition. It's really exciting, and I'm delighted that it got nominated. So that's well, my number Nathan five. Well, Nathan and I don't watch it, but good for it. My number five, sticking with the comedy thief. Yeah, that was not patronizing at all. Well, we don't watch it, but good for it, I suppose. Also not <laughs> necessary, but okay. Well, I just Now that it's we very can't. clear that we don't watch it. We can't speak to it. I mean, yes. yeah. I understand what the intention Sticking was. Sticking with comedy, but my number five yes. favorite nomination from this year's crop of Emmy nominees is uh, Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Laurie Metcalf, Getting In for Getting On, mm, uh, which is a show on HBO that last year kind of got a surprise nomination and supporting for Niecy Nash, who's also great on the show. Is this uh, the one with Alex Borstein? Yes, who is, I think, my favorite yes. performance on the show. Um, and, of course, she didn't get nominated. But it, I just love it that clearly Emmy voters sometimes are watching more than just, like, the same crop of shows and nominating, like, you know, the yeah. same people over and over again and then occasionally more people from the same show that they're already watching. Though they clearly love Laurie Metcalf because she got two other acting nominations this right. year in... Guest actress in a comedy for Big Bang Theory and guest actress in a drama for Horace and Pete, which apparently she's really great on, but I didn't watch that. Yeah. Um, she's really great on the show. It's such a like awkward, uncomfortable humor, and she's just she's really great on the show. She kills it, and yeah. I'm happy with that she got nominated. Yeah, I've only it's a good seen, category. I've only seen the first season of Getting On, but I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed all three leads' performance. So yeah, they're great. I'm delighted that she was nominated. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice, Nathan. You're number five. Number five, I have the score for Mr. Robot, Mm -hmm. which was nominated. I don't know what the exact title of the Emmy Award is. Composition for a drama series? Sure. Something like that. Mr. Robot's got some good tunes. 
mm-hmm. basically. Um, I think the thing I liked, I mean, I'll be talking about Mr. Robot again later, but, spoiler alert, um, but uh, <laughs> I would say one of the things I like best about it is its mood building and mood, its ability to sustain a mood and a lot of that it accomplishes through music. Um, and sound, yeah. And sound. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's great. I mean, in addition to the score, the soundtrack is great. Uh, so, you know, I like it. That's my number five. <laughs> so number four, I have uh, Lena Headey being nominated for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that she was nominated last year, and I thought she would win last year, and she didn't. I know. I'm hoping she's going to win this year. I think right now the predictions seem to be leaning towards her winning, but we'll see. Um, But as you boys know, and I feel like I've talked about in previous Emmy podcasts, I have been on the Lena Headey train since the beginning of Game of Thrones. I love that performance. I have not. Right. You you sort of have come around in the last couple seasons. Please give her the Emmy. I have been since the beginning, and this Mm -hmm. season, and especially the episode she submitted, which was the finale, is... A real tour de force, and it's, it's a, a killer. Type. It is a killer. <laughs> you will. And it's a type of performance and role that women don't often get. Mm. She is sort of unequivocally a villain, but also at times anti-heroic. Like you see, she brings enough to the table that you see sort of the various edges of Cersei and what makes her who she is. She's not one-dimensional at any point. And in that finale, you really see like what happens when the woman is pushed to the brink. Um, and I just love that performance, and I'm so glad that she keeps getting nominated and that that role exists, and I hope she wins. Hope so. Uh, my number four uh, is for best writing in a comedy series. It is for the pilot of Catastrophe by Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan, who are also the stars of the show. So I love that, like... I liked also Aziz Ansari's nominations for writing and directing yeah. um, the Parents episode. Also, of, that episode of Parents is amazing. A master of none. Yes, I will agree. Um, Catastrophe is a show that, if you're not familiar, it's just two peeps. It's a, a bloke from the U.S. and a lass from Ireland. And uh, in London, they like drunkenly hook up and then she gets pregnant. And sort of they, they deal with that. But it's a half-hour comedy. It's I know in the U.S. at least it's on Amazon Prime, uh, and the first two seasons are up, and each season is like six episodes, like half-hour episodes, I think. So it's really digestible. Um, but the it's the it lives based on the performances of the two of them, and so much they get from the writing that they you know created it and wrote themselves, and it's really exciting. I like I like the show and I'm glad that they got the nomination because it's the only like major nomination they got. So clearly the writers branch or whoever nominated it was mm-hmm. looking outside the box and they deserved it. Nice. Well, Nathan and I haven't seen it, but good for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what is your number four? Well, speaking of Irish lasses, oh, Brooklyn, Maisie Williams, who's not Irish. Not Irish. Uh, <laughs> Is my number four. Um, so Maisie Williams <laughs> on Game of Thrones supporting yeah, actress yep. in a drama series. Mm-hmm. So this major, major spoiler. She is not one of my five 
top performances of the year only because, you know, her storyline this season didn't show her off as much as some other seasons. And there were just a lot of, there was a lot of competition. But I'm so happy about this nomination because I love her. Agreed. On screen and off screen and everything about her. She's my favorite character besides one other, which I will name later. And she's just like, particularly in the earlier seasons. Bran. Bran's your other favorite. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't resist a Bran joke. Continue. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Particularly in the earliest seasons when she was still such a young little thing. She was so impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I still wish um, she would have been nominated for season two when she had all those scenes with Charles Dance. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it oh my God, who is this child actor who's going toe-to-toe with this like very established, respected Yeah. So actor. because I am so well-versed in established, respected actors, I have to ask who's Charles? Tywin. 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 Lannister. The, the, the Lannister the dad. dad. Yep, the guy who gets... Oh, but I won't say it. Yeah. But yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sorry, literally I shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's it. And that's it. Nice. Great. Improve. Do you want to start? On sure. Might as well. My number three uh, favorite nomination of this year's Emmys uh, is for supporting actress in a drama series is Constant Zimmer for Unreal. Mm, it's a good one that I struggled <clears throat> with leaving off my list because you were heartless and made us narrow this list to an to just five number. i know yeah. i'm so glad she got in she's <laughs> you know you'd recognize her from entourage certainly house of cards like she's been working you know here and there often and this is a killer role on a show that really shouldn't have worked like it's on lifetime and it's their first like critically acclaimed series and it's about a dating a right it's about show. like behind the scenes of a bachelor type show um, called Everlasting and she is just a heartless like anti-hero and I'm so glad that we are now like in this phase where women can lead shows and be the anti-heroes yeah. uh, on television uh, and she crushes it Yes, and she goes toe-to-toe with Shiri Appleby who's also great on the show and even better in season two uh, which just unfortunately finished and tarnished my thoughts about season one but Constance Zimmer kills it I'm so glad she was nominated I don't think she'll win. I think it will be Lena Headey. But we you hope. know, Constant, Constance Zimmer and her character are sort of like a non-incestuous, <laughs> like real-world contemporary sense Cersei. She's not unlike that is true. Cersei. That is true. And I am a fan of what she's serving on this show. Yeah, I loved Constance I really Zimmer. loved season one of Unreal. It was Me too. not even a guilty pleasure, just a pleasure. Yeah. And she made it it's, so. It's also incredibly difficult to be an identical twin in Hollywood these days. And so um, her twin, Rashida Jones... <laughs> nope. Uh, you nope. know, that... Nope. What? What? Nope. As Rashida Jones would say when someone compliments on her tan, she's ethnic. I'm ethnic. <laughs> well, God... Damn, they look identical to me. No, I can I can see it. No, they have they have like a somewhat similar smile or something. I don't know. <laughs> so to me, they're identical. But fair enough. I really enjoy both of them. What's your number three? My number three is someone I enjoy even more, mm-hmm. Gabby Hoffman yes. on Transparent. Mm. And I also could have well, she didn't get nominated for Girls, but 
Anyway, I like I like her just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think on Transparent, she's one of the clutch actors. For sure. Um, Although that's hard on that show because then you could say that about like everyone, including you know little bit parts. Um, Yeah, she just she. uh, I think part of it, since this is a personal decision, is that I am also the youngest child of three Mm. so i really i get her like i really 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 get like i understand everything (laughs) wow no um (laughs) it speaks podcast just became insufferable it speaks to me i think in part because of that Mm -hmm. um she's she's fab and good for her for like rising from the ashes of child stardom to being totally. like even better than she was as a child star. Yeah, agreed. I love totally. Gabby. Your doppelganger. My doppelganger, although mm-hmm. less so now. Yeah. I mean, we look now. We look about she's as, more... as much alike as Rashida Jones and Constance. <laughs> well, she's so gone. Twins. She's gone the bushier route. She has um, gone the Susan route. The Susan Sarandon yeah. sort of look that's so in these days. Um, so of course Elizabeth is you know, doesn't have that look. Yes. Fair enough. Your number three. My number three. So my number three comes with a little bit of a caveat. Mm. My number three is the Americans for best series, drama series. Mm -hmm. My Mm. caveat is because I didn't know until too late that I was able to access the FX like app. They're frustrating. Yeah. I have not seen the latest season because I've been watching it Mm. when it gets posted to Amazon prime, which is always like a year behind. So it I have only soon, seen, though. yeah, it should be soon now, but because, and then FX takes it off like immediately after it's done airing. So by the time I realized I could, which is why later you'll hear me talk about, I was able to watch People vs. O.J. Simpson, but by that point I was not able to watch The Americans. So I have not seen the latest season of The Americans, but I love The Americans. I think it's freaking brilliant. Carrie Russell is amazing. Yeah. She's included in this because I'm cheating yeah. a little no, bit. That she and Matthew Rice are both a little allowed. bit included in. I'm so delighted they got nominated. Kara Russell's one of those actresses who it's not like I ever disliked her. I always thought she was perfectly fine, but I thought she was kind of limited in what she could do. Mm-hmm. And then watching the Americans, I was like, wait, no, this woman is amazing. Yeah. It's my favorite when you can finally see an actor like tear into something and you're yes. like, great. You took this opportunity and you ran with it. And speaking of shows that really plays with like expected gender roles too, like For in a sure. lot of ways, Matthew Reese has the more like feminine qualities or expected qualities mm-hmm. of a female character, and she yep. has the more masculine. And that's one just one of many things I love about that show. And it has a phenomenal ensemble. Totally. Its plotting always feels like it's well thought out and constructed before it begins. Oh, yeah. So I haven't had this experience with the show where it's like, it's a great show, but they clearly have no idea where they're going. Like Homeland, right? Homeland, the first season was terrific, amazing performances, and then you're like, oh, you have no idea where to go from here. Or Lost, of course or any corrected. number. I will say. I will stick up for Homeland. I'm glad it's in drama series. Okay, well, I have nothing to say Well, it's about not that. your turn. So. It's not. Well, good for them, I guess. But, <laughs> but still, like, The Americans doesn't... It has... I mean, I haven't seen this last season, although from everything I've read, this season is considered the best yet. But it hasn't had, for me, a real, like, 
low point and then gone back up. Like mm-hmm. each season of The Americans just gets tighter and tauter, the storytelling. I love all the stuff with their daughter, Paige. Yes. I'm really excited to see what happens because, of course, where I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, left okay. off on a real cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so I'm. It's number three on mine. Uh, Nathan, you want to start your number two? Uh, yes. Fave nom. My number two is national and global treasure, Lily Tomlin. Bow down. Um, for lead actress in a comedy series for Grace and Frankie, mm-hmm. she portrays Frankie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to just immeasurable effect. True um, story. She's just, I mean, her timing. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a her physical comedy. And everything about her in real life <laughs> just makes her my queen. <laughs> I mean, not Mike. That sounds a little weird <laughs> i worship her the end as you should. um and yeah i was so thrilled um this is probably the nomination i was most excited about mm-hmm. just because i think she fucking deserves it i do like that lily tomlin seems to be having a little bit of a career resurgence in the last couple of years oh yeah i mean it's not With like grandma lily tomlin and ever. now she is getting the what is it sag the lifetime sag achievement award lifetime achievement. yeah yeah this coming January. And then a couple years ago, she got the Kennedy Center yeah. Yeah. honors yeah. thing. Well deserved. Yeah. Amen. So number two, I toyed with putting this on my list or not, just because I think everybody is talking about this, but then I couldn't not put it on my list. My second favorite Emmy nomination, and I'm pretty sure, although you never know with Emmys, because Emmys like to be unpredictable, I'm pretty sure she's going to win. But it is Sarah Paulson for Best Actress in a Miniseries. Or TV movie for The People versus O.J. Simpson yeah. playing Marsha Clark. And Sarah Paulson I've loved for forever. And yeah. she's often the best thing in anything she's in. Mm-hmm. But this role for her was just like actress meeting the role that she finally deserved. Oh yeah, it's like performance of the year, yes. basically. I mean, that episode is called Marsha, 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 and it's all about Marsha Clark and all the shit that the media put her through and any number of people. Like, I watched it and I literally, it ended and I was just like, first off, I'm in awe of, because I was so young when the O.J. Simpson trial mm-hmm. was happening, I didn't realize all the crazy inherent sexism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also just from that miniseries, and I'll talk more about that later, like learned so much about the case. But I just finished it and I was like, again, speaking of master class, felt like I finished it and was just like, and that is a master at work. Yeah. That, I mean, she's amazing through the whole thing, but that episode in particular, that scene where she um, goes with Sterling K. Brown to meet his friends at, at the, the bar, bar. Yeah. And she breaks down the case using the shot glasses and stuff. It's masterful she is so fantastic i'm so glad she got nominated for it i'm so glad just in general she's getting this sort of recognition for that performance that she deserves and i'm also hoping that this is finally the thing that takes her career to the next level beyond just being ryan murphy's pet and i just remember when 12 years a slave 
came out, her talking about how hard she had to fight to get that role and how she was on no one's list to even be seen. And mm-hmm. she was so fantastic in that movie. And it's a small role. It's a small role, yeah. but it's a crucial role, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, so anyways, my point being, I'm just hoping that now, finally, after People vs. O.J. Simpson, and sort of, I'm hoping that now she's getting those calls. She's... I hope. Um, she crushes it. Anyways, so that's my second favorite. My second favorite uh, is casting in a limited series. Almost went with people be O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, because it's impeccably casted. But I went with Fargo, because... You know I'm I not going to find you on there. Yeah, I mean, that on, there are so many really, really, really fantastic ensembles on TV right now, or over the past year at least. But just Fargo is pitch perfect and literally and, top to bottom oh yeah like and the casting girl absolutely everyone the girl who like reads the book the whole time in the butcher shop and then ends up staying oh, with yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. Wilson's family like like every single person that just at first seems like a one or two scener yeah even just like Kieran Culkin and yes. only like the first yeah I yes. mean li- literally everyone including people that we already know quite well like Kirsten Dunst yeah. Gene Smart Patrick Wilson Ted Danson, they're that all guy from unbelievably Burn good. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. He Jeffrey was, Donovan. Jeffrey Donovan. He yeah. was so good. Really good. And they all just make it... I mean, that show is really just impeccably crafted and yeah. so well-directed. But it starts with casting those actors for those roles, yeah. and they knock it out of the park. Good for you, casting team. Fargo, season two. Yes. You're my silver medalist, fave that's great, nom. That's a great choice. Uh, my number one has already been listed, but it is The Americans for Everything. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that it finally got recognized for series, Matthew Rice or Reese, however you say his name, for lead actor, and Carrie Russell for lead actress. So effing well-deserved and so past due, but I'm so glad they can at least call themselves Emmy nominees now, because it is super, super well-deserved. Agreed. Agreed. And if you've listened to Teledrunk version one or two from last year or the year before, you know I've effing love the Americans. (laughs) It's true. Um, I'll go next. Mine is a continuation of my number two, which is a performance that I was constantly texting Matt about as I was watching it. Also from the People vs. O.J. Simpson. Um, My favorite nomination is for Sterling K. Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I, I think part of it is the element of surprise. Like with Sarah Paulson, I know she's great. Yeah. Other people was like, I actually was surprised by David Schwimmer because I sort of have written him off as only being good at playing Ross, who is my <laughs> least favorite of the six people on Friends. Oh no! I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong on that show, but just character-wise, yeah, Ross is my enough. least favorite. Um, and I thought he was really wonderful as Robert Kardashian. John Travolta is absurd, but it kind of works. Kind of not. Anyway, so there are a lot of great performances, but um. And I, I know Courtney B. Vance is a phenomenal actor, so I was not surprised that he killed it as Johnny Cochran. Sterling K. Brown, I've never seen in anything before. And I just thought he was the most um, empathic character. I just was so moved by him in every single scene he was in. Absolutely. Um, and it was a real, like, star is born. Why isn't he in everything? Also, he's super handsome. <laughs> um, because I'm shallow, too. Uh, but anyway, so I'm really excited that he got nominated. I was worried being in a cast of immense famous people that, uh, 
he would be sort of overshadowed when it came to nominations, but he was not. He got it now. And hopefully he wins. He I predict like he will, but that's a tough category. Potentially. That's also the best category of the whole Emmys. Yeah. Just look up, give or take a John Travolta, that category is... Stacked. Stacked. Jesse Plemons wins. Please just punch. Could be Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie wins. My manager. Super happy with that. I mean, like, there's not... Again, give or take a John Travolta, there's not a bad member in that category. <laughs> Meaning John Travolta will win, because it is the Emmys. <laughs> Probably, and he's the most famous. True. Um, so yeah, that's my number one pick is Sterling K. Brown. What is your number one, Hubs? And what? Welcome to the... <laughs> That was you cracking open a beer. <laughs> this I is had a this whole so skit planned that just out. happened. Yeah. Um, just like my life. It's a performance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, if you're in the know, you know that RuPaul Charles was nominated for reality host, whatever that category is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, far and away, that's my favorite nomination. Um, I think... Rue is wise. Rue is good. Rue is everything. Rue is kind. Rue is smart. Rue is is important. It's true. Rue is all. It is about goddamn talent. Yeah, that's a fabulous More important, Rue is fucking talented. Yeah. At knowing exactly what his show is. Mm -hmm. And driving it home with humor and grace. And a wink. Yep. And a wink and a nod and a And a tuck tuck. and a... I don't know. (laughs) And also it's like a reality show. He doesn't take it too seriously. This is my problem with so many... You know what I mean? He doesn't take life too seriously. Right. They try to put this gross importance on something that is really not important at all. But he is aware. And that's one of the reasons... I mean, I've only seen the first season of that show, unfortunately. Mm. Um, But he's amazing. And the show's super fun. It just hasn't been on my it just keeps getting better and better i'm sure it really does all stars start soon nice and by the time we mm. post it i'm sure it's already started so anyway that's yeah that's so it. those are our fave nominations of the year before we quick move on to just like our straight up favorite performances and shows of the year any quick predictions do we think game of thrones and veep will repeat as drama and comedy series i think so i think so too i don't think that there's a strong enough usurper in either category anything with enough heat to totally take over i think there are things that have like like i think the americans getting in now it has its pockets of of supporters but i don't think it's enough to win i think house of cards was too shaky of a season to finally win mr robot a lot of people are saying could but i think its second season airing now sort of diminishes some of that support right um, Same with comedy, like Master of None definitely has its supporters. Kimmy Schmidt definitely has its supporters, but they all feel a little bit more fringe, and it's Netflix, and it's, you know, right. there's like a whole... Transparent, I think, could, but I think it's still just a little too dramatic to be in that category right. to compete. Yeah. It's competing against Veep? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I think Veep, I would be pretty surprised if it doesn't win. Yeah. Yeah, especially it, it won Game last of year, Thrones, it's increased I could see its nominations count this in, year. Yeah. Yeah. It's Probably. also one of those Agreed. things with Emmy sometimes that once you get in, then you're in for a year or two. Right. Even past your Even expiration, past your expiration date. Right. date until yeah, yeah. they can put something new in. Truth. Uh, well, our next top five uh, 
is that good for predictions? Yeah. Anything else you want to shout out? Um, no, I think we've sort of mentioned a few as we've gone. True. Uh, it was just our top five favorite performances that took place on television in any medium <laughs> or size over the past year. So this could be in comedy, drama, even reality, I guess. Though that's Donald not Trump. No, <laughs> You're fired. Uh, you told me I couldn't do reality, so I took RuPaul Charles off my list. Hey, she was your number one, and you had a whole bit, and it, it worked. <laughs> right, for the other category. Correct. Yes. I would have RuPaul at the top of every of category. everything? Actually, in all five spaces. But anyway. <laughs> for each different outfit. <laughs> yes. Anyhow, next uh, is our top five favorite performances. Do you want to kick us off? Sure, I will start. My number five Um a bit of a cheat because it's a tie, but if I have to go with one, it's Joey Polari, in parentheses, also Connor Jessup, from American Crime, season two. I never watched season one, uh, but it's an anthology series that takes place on, or takes place, wow, airs on ABC. This bee's knees is really the bee's knees. Um, <laughs> season two was really complex and dense, and the premise is why I watched it, really. It's... I, I don't even know how really to get into it, but there's an inciting incident between two high school boys that sort of kicks off this whole thing about the town and the high school and a, a neighboring high school and all this stuff uh, with the adults and the parents and teachers and administrators. Race, gender, sexuality, it all plays into it, and all the performances are really great. By the end of the series, it was a little crash-like. And that, like, anyone who was, like, a good character, by the end you were like, oh, they did a bad thing. Or anyone that was bad, you were like, oh, I sympathize with them. But anchoring most of the whole thing were the two performances by young actors who I'd never seen in anything. Connor Jessup got a lot of um, heat or awards buzz, and he's fantastic. uh, But almost more of an underdog in terms of just coming out of the show, how much attention they got. Joey Polari, who plays one of the boys in this inciting incident, kind of a closeted basketball player at this rich private school uh, is fantastic. He's also from Minnesota, so that's what really maybe gave him the vibes. gave him the leg up. But Woo. they are both really good, and I look forward to what both of those young actors have to offer in the future. Nice. Well, number five. Haven't seen it, but good for them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, your number five performance My of number the five year. of the year is... Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones, who portrays Podrick Payne. I love that choice. <laughs> the actually. best character, I love maybe Podrick. on television, but certainly on Game of Thrones. Oh, and Podrick! He, I cannot tell you how much I love this character. Yeah, but you can I mean, try right now. Driven to tears by the merest flicker of his eyes. <laughs> Um, he does have very Joe-like eyes. Joe-like he's features. such a... He's just... he's He is kind of... Especially in recent seasons, he's become like this miniature, aspiring Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> um, and she really represents everything that's noble mm-hmm. in the world. And he is like... The guy who's trying really hard to be that, but is still just a guy, so he, you know, has his faults, just like all of us. Yeah. And it just, it really, (laughs) it really gets me. He is sort of a big flickering light at the end of the dark tunnel that is that show sometimes. That's true. I mean, is, does he like perform? And his moral compass is like pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Does he perform acting gymnastics in his role? No. 
It's not <laughs> technically the most difficult, whatever. I don't care. That's all right. I love him. I love his character. And my life would not be the same without Podrick. Also, fun fact, his father was on the show for the first two seasons as the um, like weapons master or whatever at uh, um, Winterfell. The one, oh. the guy who gets like the sloppy beheading from uh-huh. uh, from Theon? Theon in the second season, but he's like so in the first and second season. Interesting. So that is, boy, is Padre. That actor's real life dad. Cool. It's a real family affair. <laughs> anyway, that's a great choice. Um, my number five. Well, as I already said in the opening, I could have easily filled. All five slots in both the top five Emmy nomination, favorite Emmy nominations and top five performances, just with Fargo characters, um, actors, uh, because I freaking love that show. Oh, did you? (laughs) I watched that show right before we were making our list for our top 10 movies of the year. And I believe I told Matt, I just want to put Fargo as my top 10 movie of the year. And I threatened to put Taylor Swift's Wildest Dreams music video on my top ten of the year. One of us clearly has better me? taste. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yes, so I'm going to wrap, like, I'm going to speak more about Fargo as this podcast continues because I think it's one of the most genius things produced for television in a decade. Um, maybe ever. But so when I was going through and picking actors, first off, I eliminated ones who did get nominations. So like, Bokeem okay. Woodbine freaking amazing i could listen to him read that uh whatever speech he gives from alice in wonderland over and over, oh, yeah. over again um i and i also eliminated jesse Plemons. fair enough it was very hard for me to live leave off ted danson an actor who i have never particularly liked before and then i was like incredibly attached to him and i love his performance in fargo season two but in the end i went a little bit more you see how I'm just trying to mention yep. other people who I really liked. <laughs> um, I went with Zahn McLarnon, who played Hansi. Oh, great. Um, partly because I have never seen him in anything ever before. So Clearly. again, the unknown quantity and that character is built as a real cipher where you don't know much about him until the end where he becomes really crucial. And his performance broke my heart. By the end, this character that easily could have been just a henchman who you, like, want to see killed because he's just a nameless henchman who's killing a lot of people. I had such empathy for him, and I was so intrigued by his performance, and a lot of his performance is done in silence. Yeah. Um, And it also just speaks to something really wonderful about what Noah Hawley did for this season, which is that they sort of colorblind casted Bokeem Woodbine as a character who clearly was probably written... I mean, he has an Irish last name. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just cast an actor they liked for it. He also wrote a really great part for an actor with cerebral palsy and cast an actor with cerebral palsy who also... Crushed it. Crushed it. It was a great performance because as Matt mentioned, there was no bad performer in this. And then he used an actual Native American actor and gave him a full substantial... A well-lived in multi-dimensional character and this guy totally crushed it mm-hmm. um, and then I read a really heartbreaking interview with him where he was like I would really love to just play a guy yeah. with regular family problems but I don't get to because of being Native American so anyways I thought that, that performance was fantastic and he's my f- number five favorite performance of the year nice Nathan you want to start your number four yes my number four is 
Regina King. Mm. Um, I don't know if that was like an Estonian <laughs> accent. It maybe it was mixed a little with my Lithuanian accent. But okay. um, Regina King is a vision, not a vision. She's <laughs> genius on the leftovers. Um, she is the bedrock of her family. The character is, um, but you know, she burst onto the scene for me when she won an Emmy last year, last year. Her American Crime season one. Right, and so you I knew her before that. Well, of course, I knew. Like okay. I, I recognized her, but I didn't. I would have never known her name. You know, thought twice about her. You know, she's just another like quality character actress Mm -hmm. now i think she is god god's gift which she is Um, straight up no she's really really fantastic in the leftovers and i think it's a crime that the leftovers didn't get any nominations zero Zero. yeah yeah you're gonna hear more about it from me maybe several times me too sure you too because that show fucking rocks there goes the f word Again, I wasn't super high in season one, but I really loved season two, and it had several spots that it tried to get in. To your list. And part of the reason I sometimes didn't include it, particularly Regina King and then another actress who I have a feeling will make an appearance on your list, so I was like, ah, they're going to mention it. I will put it on mine. But... Which is probably why Fargo doesn't make as many slots in mine. Because you know because that I I'm knew it was fucking gonna be all obsessed over your with list. it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, Regina King crushes it. Yeah. And just, I mean, really any episode she kills it, but the end of the episode titled Lens, where she has that extended conversation with Carrie Coon. Yes. Oh my God. Like acting tour de force. Again, along with Sarah Paulson's performance and Lily Tomlin, like just teach that in acting classes. Yeah. Just have people, just have actresses watch it. And again, such meaty. I mean, this is why television really is the place for talented women to work. Because such meaty, intricate, delicate work that they just don't get on films. As we, <laughs> the other day, joked that we have like high-profile actresses like Laura Linney and Kate Hudson who get to play crying women on the phone. On the phone, <laughs> while their husbands do things, yeah. So, that was Okay, obviously choice. agreed, I agree with both of you, but this was my choice. So Sorry. let's yes, move on no. to someone else's choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent choice. <laughs> Okay, so my fourth, um, we're going to take a detour to comedy Hmm. and to a comedy that I had sort of written off and hadn't watched. And then you guys told me that the fifth season was really great and I watched it. And it is one particular performance, although all of season five of Girls was quite great. My top four, my number four performance of the year is Andrew Rannells. Great. Um, Elijah has always been a favorite character of mine on the show in that he sort of comes in and is funny and I just like Andrew Rannells as a performance performer um, but his performance this year he got a little bit more to play with mm-hmm. and that his whole arc with Corey Stoll is really incredible and that scene that he goes to Corey Stoll and like asks him to pick him basically yeah, and then gets rejected I mean uh, heartbreaking and such fine work and beautiful new layers to Elijah that we haven't seen for a character who's mostly just been like the funny gay best friend gay best friend like funny that's been his story purpose but this year he sort of got his own arc and he totally killed it yeah so Andrew Rannells number four for me 
Good. Shout choice. out to Corey Stoll too. Oh Just yeah, Corey Stoll's great. great. Everything. Would have Corey nominated him for so guest. sexy. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my number four surprise. I'm talking about the Americans. Uh, favorite <laughs> performance of the year is uh, I of course thought to include Carrie Russell and Matthew Rice, who are both incredible on the show, but because they did get their Emmy nominations this year, uh, I went with Allison Wright, who mm. plays Martha on the show, uh, who's been there since season one. She's a, um, a secretary at the CIA that Matthew Rice's Russian spy character has sort of seduced and ended up marrying under this false alias. Uh, and I guess because you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil much, but yeah, she has so but much to chew on this season. This season that it's just such a great continuation of this character that starts as like one thing like a few notes for an actress to play then then she gets so much it's ah she's so good that show is just filled with so many good ensembles on tv ah yeah she's great she is fantastic that's my number four nice uh number three should i start I can I can start. Sure. Um, I can't keep track. Of... Wait, didn't I start number four? I don't know. I think yeah. Nathan did. No, I did. Yeah, I did. I've, d- did. I've done four. You start, okay. Chris. Yeah, know. it's your turn. Elizabeth, you're number three. <laughs> My number three, going back to Fargo. <laughs> um, you're kidding. <laughs> I almost didn't put her on because she did get nominated, but I just have to bring it up. Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been on a real roller coaster ride with Kiki D. Kiki D. My life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I have a piece of ice in my Kiki mouth D. because I didn't think that I would be going next, and now I am. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I loved her obviously as a child actress. Then there was a real rocky past that I'm gonna ascribe to the Spider-Man years, in which I think she's pretty horrible in those movies except she's pretty great except me. she's horrible but then again those movies are horrible they are pretty great having to play against only the people. third one is horrible true i think they're all garbage but that's neither here You're nor there garbage so i really wrote her off for a while ago and then she's sort of been making a comeback starting with the melancholia mm-hmm. but she is so fantastic in fargo and she is great from the beginning, but as it goes on, she becomes more and more unhinged. <laughs> and That's by funny. the end, when she's in the cabin, mm-hmm. those scenes are so fantastic that, I mean, I was laughing hysterically and also in awe of what she's doing. The scene on the steps back in her house when she's having the hallucinations, like all of this stuff it's such a rich wonderful character that definitely builds from like one thing that you think she is at the beginning to like a whole new level and she totally nails it and then her final final scene in that series with patrick wilson in the back of the police car is so good it's not my favorite written thing of the year but man they both oh no i loved i loved everything about that scene and yeah, so it, it was just such a great performance and so good to see from a performer who I haven't always known if she's had it in her or not. And it was like a reassurance, like a gentle taking of my hand and being like, no, Elizabeth. No, I got you. She's incredible. I'm Kirsten Dunst. And the fact that this. she's using her drop dead gorgeous accent just like really <laughs> brings it all home for me. Amen. So that's my number three. No argument from us. My number three favorite performance of the year on television, what I'm talking about the leftovers, uh, is Justin Theroux who is the lead on The Leftovers. Sexy! I mean, that's probably part of it, because damn. Because he uh, runs on that show with no underwear. In season one, at I least, know. in the sweatpants. Sweatpants would get like my top five <laughs> favorite performances of the year. 
maybe the bathtub in the hotel gives new gets... meaning to the term sweatpants. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, but, um... I don't either, but I'm maybe on board. Um, so the leftovers, you're going to hear more about it. But if you're not watching the show, you yeah. should at least give it a chance. If you don't like it, stop watching. If you are intrigued, watch the whole thing. It's if you Incredible. don't like it, you're a ridiculous human being. Oh, yeah, you're terrible. You should drown yourself. Um, <laughs> Over the line. Over stuff? Okay. Uh, it's on HBO. It's uh, based on a novel uh-huh. a Tom by Tom Parada um, and co-created for television by Damon, uh, Damon Lindelof, who did Lost. Um, it is like post this rapture event rapture-like event where two percent of the world's population goes missing without explanation and the way the show tackles just humanity and the possible science of it but religion and faith and everything it it it's so artfully done and so well crafted and it it just allows for so much interpretation in terms of you as a viewer what you bring to it but also for the actors um it's really well written the entire ensemble is fantastic but justin Theroux, especially in season two is incredible. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, I should call him Mr. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah, uh, He's really incredible. Also sexy, that helps, but uh, it's a really fantastic performance that's, again, kind of like a Kirsten Dunst, like, oh, okay, you're Justin Theroux. Yeah, sure. I do. that's another I, I was just supposed to say. You've had that. some good roles, you're kind of talented, but oh no, once you get something to chew on, great. You yeah. run with it and you are proving that you are a very talented human. And like great leading man. And Who I'm so excited yeah. uh, once Chris Evans dropped out of um, The Girl on the Train adaptation for film that's coming out soon. <laughs> Justin Theroux has that role. Amen. Yeah. Good for it's you. a good part too. That's my number three. Nice. Hosting. Hosting. Um, number three. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is someone I've talked about. She of the bushy inclinations, Gabby Hoffman. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what did Susan Sarandon do on TV this year? She's so Gabby. Gabby is like bushy 2.0 or bushy junior, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, sounds a little like Rocky and Bullwinkle for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. Why. I don't know why. Uh, she. She's fantastic, and I've already talked about her. Uh, is this for um, girls or transparent or both? Oh, oh, transparent. Just okay. life. Yeah. But really, I mean, honestly, it helps that she's so good in everything. And I did love her on Girls. Mm-hmm. But I think her, I mean, I know her character on Transparent is much more developed and rich. and yeah, She's she, on she, screen longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, she also, I think, only had like one episode, maybe two. Yeah, she peaked Especially this season. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 So she's fantastic. Watch Transparent. It's worth it. Tis. Matt, what's your number two? My number two runner up fave performance of the year on TV. Uh, You've already mentioned him. It's Sterling K. Brown on The People v. O.J. Simpson. Yes. American Crime Story. I, of course, considered Sarah Paulson, who I just straight up think was the performance of the year on TV, but I didn't include her on my list because it's so obvious. Right. (laughs) And she better as F win that Tony. But again, Emmy. Sterling, or well, or a Tony, or all give of them, her, really. Give, give, her, give her, whatever, her all of it. Give Put, her whatever. Make you it can. a stage play, and I will go go see that. Yeah. Um, again, as you mentioned, with your favorite nomination, uh, top five when he was included there, it, it was partially that element of surprise of like, mm-hmm. oh wow, and then the fact that the Chris Darden character is just so richly 
textured. Yes. And integral to the story. Of course, he was in real life too, but just the way they portrayed on the the miniseries, which is fantastic. He also, to me, was not only was the actor the like element of the surprise. Just from my memory of the case, like I remember Marsha. Oh, certainly. You know More what I mean? so than. And I remember. I of course know who Johnny Cochran is. Like I know who these members are. Chris Darden was not a name I remembered. Was not a person I remembered. Was not. And so he I, was, did, I did vaguely, but the way and yeah. I it may not be true to life, but like the whole relationship with the Marsha Clark yeah. character. It's just so well portrayed and textured and nuanced for this particular miniseries, yeah. telling it over that 10 hours or how many episodes it was. Oh my God, he's good. And he better win that Emmy. And he's really attractive. Sorry, I just felt like it needed to be said again. That can be said for most all of these nominations. Bushy Jr. included. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> That's yeah. my number two. Okay. What's I'd your do- number two, Nathan? I'd do her. Um, <laughs> number... Number two, round of applause, please, in advance. Thank you. <laughs> B.D. Wong. Yes. In Mr. Robot. So he of Jurassic Park fame, he of... Oh, I can't remember any Long of his quotes. SBU. No, his quotes <laughs> from Jurassic Park, like... It's a baby dinosaur cracking out of a shell. I think he probably says that, right? Um, <laughs> yes, probably verbatim. That line. <laughs> no. Uh, he is fantastic on Mr. Robot in like two short little scenes. Yeah. In the first season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like the definition of transportative or transporting performance. I mean... It's like a, I mean, it's definitely like a peek at an entire different world within the world that's built by Mr. Robot, but he just like imbues it with such richness in such a short time. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to watch. And it also just adds to the kind of mythical nature yeah, of the, like the storyline yeah. and the mystery, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's playing. So he's such, they don't really explain so it. I mean, I kind of interpret it, interpret his character as a trans woman, but in a sense, it could just be drag. In any we case, we still don't really know. We still don't know, but um, it's fantastic. Yeah, he was really good and absolutely should be like walking away with the guest actor in a drama series nomination even for those brief moments unfortunately not nominated but a great choice nice your number two uh my number two much probably to the chagrin of matt Mm. my number two favorite performance of the year is rachel bloom for crazy ex-girlfriend a show that i know you did not care for Mm. only watched a few uh, to be mm. fair, she. Grew. I liked your preemptive strike on that. Well, one. just because like, I knew, he, you was knew gonna, he was going to say. It, I knew so. he was going to make the face that he's making now. I know he's going to argue with me about no, things, even though fine. he's only no, seen the shut first his couple. Nasty oh, she's, trash. she's she's better than the show. Well, the show. Okay. But you can't say that because you, you watched two episodes. Three mansplaining. Three episodes. So I actually. Admit, I know all. <laughs> I had a little bit of a hard time getting into it. Once I got right. into it, it's really great. Um, and she continues the tradition of a lot of the women on this list where she gets to be the lead of a show and not likable. 
Mm. often not likable but not likable for real reasons which is that the show deals very honestly with her anxiety and depression in a way that i have not as someone who experiences anxiety and depression i have not seen depicted on tv specifically not from a woman um and her performance becomes more and more layered as this as the show goes on and then of course you also have to build into the fact that she like co-created the show and is like writing a lot of the music and everything like that too and performing these like amazing very musical styles each week which she masters all of them she's great from like a 1930s style dance number and tap number to like a hip-hop rap like rap battle she nails it all but it all culminates um for me in one particular moment where her character has finally kind of done She's done many unforgivable things in the course of the series, but she's done a very unforgivable thing and gets caught out for mm. the first time, really, where she gets called out on it by the two like closest men in her life. And she realizes what she's done and sort of... And so she sings a song, and it's called, like, You Stupid Bitch, <laughs> which sounds funny, but it's actually, like, the way it's performed, it's not. And the she goes into sort of, like, usually those songs have sort of, like, a dream sequence quality. Right. And so the dream sequence of this is as if she's at, like, singing at, like, an American Idol type show. But, like, that the audience all know who she is. And she's like, you know this one. Sing along with it. And the lyrics are so searing. And so, like, she says everything about herself that I think every woman says about themselves at their lowest point. Like, including, like, you stupid bitch. And then being like, also lose some weight. And, like, all of this stuff that, like, actually is incredibly honest. And I just, like, the song... I was sort of just watching and then the song and her performance is so good and then the song ended and I just like hysterically started crying in both that it was like cathartic it was moving mm -hmm. and it was all like performance the way the song was written which was her like all of that stuff so for that reason alone she's even if I hadn't seen the rest of that show I mean I probably would have needed the rest of the show to know the context of that song but still like for that moment alone Number two on my list. Well, you're not alone. Golden Globe winning, Critics' Choice winning, but not Emmy nominated. Not even nominated. Nominated for other things, like song. One rating. song. Yep. One well, song. Well, that's something. And not even that song, which is... I mean, it's hard to even say my favorite, but that song is incredible. It's a really special moment. On that same note, just on what you're talking about, <laughs> didn't make my list, but I do just because I've finished it recently want to touch on Aya Cash on yes. You're the Worst yes have you seen season yes. two? Oh my god yes so good so this is a show on FXX I actually was trying to think of how to get her on my list and I couldn't yeah um, it's just it's like a rom-com but the way they deal with it sort of comes out like midway through season two that she has clinical depression and then it basically almost becomes a drama just yes. anytime she is there the show takes her depression very seriously and the way she portrays it, it's it's like a sitcom, but still portraying it accurately, and she's great. Yeah, no, that was a really strange trend this year, actually, and strangely happening for women in that mm -hmm. that show was dealing in a really like real, honest way with depression. So does Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and so I would say does Unreal with the Rachel character. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's just like this strange thing where it's still sort of a taboo conversation to have in culture and representations of it are not actually very accurate or thoughtful or respectful. And again, especially not for women, because for women, we're not allowed to be any of those things. When men are those things, then they're like tragic heroes. But <laughs> right. Um, so the fact that that happened and happened well on three different shows this year and portrayed by women, I think, is a, it's a pretty... Good trend. Golf claps. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite performance of the year. Who wants to start? Do you want? Do you want to start, or I can just keep talking? Keep going. You got it. Keep talking. Okay. Well. Is it from Fargo? Of course, it's from Fargo. Oh, of do you want to? Do you want to say who it is? Because you probably. I bet know. it's Patrick Wilson. It is a hundred percent Patrick Wilson from Fargo. <laughs> Again, sexy points. Sexy points. He looks. I mean, okay. I have to hijack <laughs> yours for once. No, please do. I always. He hijack. looks like a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> Full stop. The end. <laughs> okay. But he is talented. Well, on that note, right. I would like to say that he has never been... He's always, like, fine. It's, again, sort of like Kira Russell. I never dislike him. I always think he's a fine person who's a little bit maybe oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily leave a... I don't necessarily remember him, but it was hearty and fine. Not <laughs> so in Fargo. He really anchors that season and I think he's the reason that that season is so effective is because of his central performance and he is able to do so much with such little dialogue the complexities of what this man is and he also shows that playing a man who is just basically good can be interesting Mm -hmm. because usually if you're playing the quote-unquote hero and they're just a good person and part of that is Noah Hawley's writing and the way he constructed the series too which is brilliant and everyone should watch it I like that I looked at the microphone as if that's the people listening (laughs) um but he yeah the character could be boring in the hands I think of a lesser actor but he is able to do so much with it he does the accent and it's perfect it's never too much it always feels natural like I had to look up where is he actually from and he is not at all from the north <laughs> you know what I mean because yeah. I was like maybe he's actually went, like was from the north and then has just worked a lot and now he's going back to like the way we can sort of recess into the Minnesota accent because right. it's there from our childhood nope not the case everything about his performance is wonderful and I can't believe he didn't get nominated it's a, it's a crime. tough category but whatever still. it's still tough but like kick Benedict Cumberbatch out for Sherlock he's played that part a billion times and, and this won. and this is probably the best role Patrick I've ever seen Patrick Wilson in and that he's ever been given can't disagree so my Kills number it. one uh, I'll go next because I bet you can guess my number one. Your number one is Carrie Coon from The Leftovers? It sure as <laughs> F is. Uh, I could have, again, filled, as you could have filled your list with Fargo, I well, I could have probably filled my list with Fargo also, but I could have filled it with People versus O.J. Simpson, could have filled it all with The Leftovers, like Ann Dow didn't make it, Regina King didn't make it, thank goodness she made your list, Nathan. Yeah. Carrie Coon on The Leftovers, you have my whole heart, and yeah. you're just chewing it to pieces. Yep. You... Yeah, no, just watch it. She's so good. And I'm still just, part of it is too, I'm just so excited for her as an actress. Yes. Or get so excited by her also. Just, I'm so excited to see what she's doing next. Even, you know, Nathan and I have seen her on stage. We saw her in her Tony-nominated work in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. (laughs) Good God. She's married to Tracy Letts, (laughs) who is incredible. Uh, 
and she was so great in Gone Girl, which was like her film debut. I loved debut. her in Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah, such a great role. Again, where she played the twin sibling of the man nine years older than her. But that's neither here correct. nor there. Yeah. Rashida I mean, Jones, Rashida and Jones probably Zimmer. counseled her for that role. <laughs> uh, she had a lot to do in season two. Again, as we already briefly mentioned, we were talking about Regina King that toe to toe with uh, Regina King is. at the end of the episode called Lens, but just. In, her interactions with every single other actor on that show it's a killer deep ensemble yes and that character is just really ugh, it's so rich yeah and she just digs into it she is fantastic she's also one of those actresses who i wish would work more because like even nathan i feel like can recognize her like she doesn't i feel like there's a very homogenized <laughs> <laughs> no but i think part of the problem that you have nathan is that especially in film, like the leading ladies, there's such a homogenized look. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true. That they all sort of look the same and have the same eerie features. Yeah. And Carrie Coon is still is a, a hag. super. No, she's still a super <laughs> attractive woman, but she looks not like other people. Like she at least looks like a. She's different a person. real woman. No, not like that. I just mean there's one <laughs> no, particular I aesthetic. Exactly. Well, I don't know. I she think d- I know what you're She saying. doesn't necessarily match that, like, Emma Stone aesthetic, which is what I'm going for, because I just feel like every young actress now looks like some version of Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. She's also peaking at an age that's not convenient. That, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, so. in her thir- she's in her 30s peaking now, which is like, What? How dare you? We don't have roles for women in their 30s. Except for they do, and it's on television. At a girl. Uh, I don't think Elizabeth and I can guess what your number one is, Nathan. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Oh, is it Rami Malek? No, he wasn't on his list. Are you serious, or are you... No, I'm just... No, I really don't know For me, Elizabeth was obvious. For her, mine was obvious. I don't... National and global treasure Lily Tomlin. Oh, okay, good. okay. I didn't know because you had already had yeah, her in your top five. I didn't know. We avoided repeats, the two of us. Well, I didn't because <laughs> I've only seen a limited number of shows. <laughs> she deserves it. But also, she's just... She's a national and global You know, player. I actually did my lists honestly. Ooh, so, snap. you know. Hey, she's a I just favorite nomination and was my favorite. Of all of mine except for... He wasn't nominated, and he's not a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, says you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, well, continue. <laughs> no, I, I think I've said... I mean, I could talk ad infinitum about... What's-her-face? <laughs> we'll, we'll just have a special Lily podcast that's just um, Nathan talking Lily. No, I mean, yeah, she just makes me happy. And, like, yeah. there are very, sometimes very few things in the world that make me happy. Um, it's important. And she is a fine specimen of a human being. Absolutely. She's like... What? Even if the show isn't She's always. like... No, no, no. Like, and I would say watch the show despite... The male characters. Gay, <laughs> straight, whatever they are, they all kind of suck. But Grace <laughs> and Frankie, and I don't like Jane Fonda. Oh, I do. But I love her now because she's amazing <laughs> on that show. Thanks. Grand. So, watch it. Those are our favorite 
performances. Let's because we've probably touched on most of these. Let's just quick barrel through our top five favorite shows of the past year. Yes. Um. So I'll, why don't we all just do like all of them in a row? Great. So my number five is Veep. I can't yep. kick it off. It makes me laugh harder than anything. We didn't talk about it, but I think even though she's won for the last several years, Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to win again this year. Just watch the show, she, the episode she submitted, Mother. Mother. Yep. The last five minutes of that is the, a tour de force of comedy. Here and is your Emmy. Yeah. She's fucking genius, and the whole ensemble again. TV is really the place to go for amazing ensembles, and the yep. whole ensemble down to each little casting they do each week is amazing so veep is my number five number four i struggled with because it seems very populous to put on the list but i put on game of thrones because this season i think has been my favorite of game of thrones and the last two episodes in particular are tv done extraordinarily well they both play as mini films they're directed in a way that most television is not the storytelling was sharp Lena Headey's performance. I apparently only am attracted to Kit Harrington when he has a man bun. Anyway, so sexy points. Game of Thrones is my number four. Number three for me is Full Frontal with Samantha B. Hmm. Uh, my new favorite um, talk variety show, I guess, is what it's listed under. She's searing. She's sharp. She's funny. She's fucking bold. She's a woman. She she appeals to everything about me. Her segments are amazing. She does a Werner Herzog spoof on <laughs> Jeff Ooh, Bush. I have to see that. That we're going to watch immediately after we finish this because it's brilliant. <laughs> um, my number two is People vs. O.J. Simpson, a show I was not inclined to like coming from the Ryan Murphy camp. And then I watched it and it fucking blew my mind. And I kept talking to like strangers about it. Like I went on a first date and was like, so I just want to talk about the people versus OJ Simpson. (laughs) This is a true story. So I really just wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not still dating that person. Um, And number one, I don't know if I've talked about it actually. I can't guess this. Fargo? Fargo. Fargo. Fargo, which is one of the best things I've seen in television in my lifetime. Everyone should watch it. It's my favorite thing of any medium that I watched last year. Shout out to the Hegum family that lives like near Fargo in Fergus Falls, <laughs> Minnesota. Oh, what? Fergus uh, Falls is in the show. There's sure a is. huge massacre there. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway. I kind of believed you. <laughs> Season three. Uh, well, I'll go next because my number five is Fargo. How dare you put it at number five? I one feel like I nothing. only did because I knew with a bullet it would be your number one. Yeah. And so I felt okay wow. just having a number Can five. Can you say contrived you... lists to either side of me? <laughs> Lily Tomlin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's my number five. My number four uh, was season two of Transparent, uh-huh. uh, which I wasn't necessarily inclined to put on there, but oh my God, the way it ended. No, it's, I... I, it's hard to even call it a comedy, but... Yeah. It's not. Ugh. Uh, it's just God. a half-hour drama. But I, I struggled with the fact that it's nowhere on my list despite it being so, 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 so it's good. It's just, ugh, it, it just gets to the core of me. And I love it. My number three, uh, The Americans. Still so, yep. so good. Actually, probably not my favorite season, even though most people would agree that it like keeps getting better each season. Probably wasn't my tip-top favorite only because 
I've been such a super fan from the beginning, and there were two other shows I thought were better this past year. My number two, People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, is unbelievable. And my number one, The Leftovers, season two, is... Nice. It, it just... It moved me like no other. It provoked just thoughts and just introspection, and it was so artistically bold and just the storytelling that it's putting forth and the performances and the subjects it's tackling it's really just rich nice rich rich television i can't wait for season three also i would like to say that part of the reason the americans was not nine is because i'm a season behind truth those are my top five caveat oh um (laughs) So, my number five. Um, Lily Tomlin? No, it's <laughs> one that we have not mentioned <gasps> at all. Yes. The Real O'Neills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. No, I haven't um, seen it, but good for them, I guess. And <laughs> I'm flicking around. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, this makes it, um, so it doesn't reach the same levels of profound introspection or you know it doesn't make me you know look within as much as some of these other highfalutin <laughs> high-minded shows but it doesn't need to i hate it doesn't need to at no. all and it's i tv it should be loathe sitcoms you do and it won me over completely me too from a to z <laughs> um i think it's on hulu it is now. Yeah, it's on it something. On, it airs so on ABC, it. but it is, no, it is now on Hulu Plus. And Martha ABC. Plimpton is amazing, and she was in a TV movie that aired in 1993 called Outbreak or Daybreak or something Break. And <laughs> that you, you should watched. also watch it on HBO. Okay. Uh, number four is Transparent season two, which hey. I don't think I quite liked as much as season one, but I just love the show so much. Yeah. And it was still so good that it had to be on my list. Also, one of my favorite, just to bring it back to Emmys, one of my favorite Emmy wins of last year was Dustin O'Halloran winning for oh. title score. Because nice. that title score is... a beautiful score. So yeah. fucking beautiful. Oh. I would listen to that I'm on a I'm listening to it right now in my head. Yeah. Again, the soundtrack I'm is also up. great. Yes. Yes. That show as well. yes, yes, yes. And the ensemble, as we've talked uh, about. Speaking of great music... Number three is The Leftovers, mm-hmm. which... Oh, um, yeah, that has a great score, too. For sure. You know, was maybe more surreal for me than any other show in the sense that it really... It was almost like being on Mushrooms or something. Um, that... Not that I would know, but, like, that I questioned my existence and oh yeah like, right have all these existential questions coming up um what is death what is grief mm-hmm. what is loss what is family all of the most fundamental things about our lives are addressed beautifully by that show and it needs to be watched by more people yes i agree with that and season one and season two are so radically different yeah. And both so successful well, that I just oh no oh, but, no no oh. no but no but I I would agree I think it's funny because for me season two did all those things you described in a way that season one didn't quite work for me but that being said I would a hundred percent recommend people watch season one so that they can watch season two 
Right. For sure. Yeah. And in my top top uh, five list, Elizabeth's recommendations are the most important. <laughs> just kidding. I'm Zing. just kidding. No, it's absolutely true. But watch um, that. <laughs> <laughs> number two is RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think reality as a broad category is my genre. favorite yeah. genre. Um, don't feel bad about it at all. I no, don't feel guilty. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is gold. Yep. It's solid. entertainment gold. Yep. The end. Watch it. The end. Number one is a show that I have been more excited about than maybe any other show that I've watched in many years. Maybe since Rescue 911 in the <laughs> 90s. Wow. This I like is... that I literally had a pause and was like, wait, <laughs> really? This is Rescue 911 level, and the show is called Mr. Robot. Um, bug-eyed Rami Malek is the hottest thing that's ever walked the earth. Uh, he is a pint-sized um, dream. I'm also great. a great actor. Yep. Um, great side character. So the, the hardest thing for me about this these lists that I made was that no one made it from Mr. Robot into my acting mm. list just because there was just stiff competition. But yeah. just, oh, just kidding. B.D. Wong did. Duh. Oh, that's true. Um, but the main characters. And uh, yeah, I think it's also one of the more timely, just like The Leftovers, it's one of the more timely concepts um on tv at the moment yeah i would i would say the americans i mean i have i've only watched certain episodes but i i feel that with the americans too i know it's set in the 60s or whatever 80s 80s. um i know that part of it is a throwback but i think some of the fears and emotions for sure tv show are very now um yes mr robot the end good. amen good for you usa network yeah and lifetime i'm shocked i never thought i would days. like any i mean wasn't walker texas ranger on usa <laughs> i think so i don't know <laughs> i don't know if that's where it originally was or if it was just in syndication oh, that's, that's a good sounds point. like syndication <laughs> for like that it was probably like cbs dr quinn yeah. this woman <laughs> Um, by the way, speaking of reality shows, I realized I don't think it really qualifies because there's confusion about like when it airs in England versus when it airs on PBS. <laughs> but I would just like to give a special shout out to the... Because I don't particularly care for reality shows. It's just not my personal... When I watch TV, I want to get lost in a narrative and a constructed narrative with real actors versus a constructed narrative with amateurs. Yeah. Um, but the reality show that really pleases me is just everyone please watch gets me real chuffed everyone please watch the great british bake-off it's the great british baking show well if you're in america but i like the great british bake-off because in that version not the stupid ones that they air on pbs they actually have history lessons about where certain dishes come from but they cut that out of the pbs ones because i think americans don't care about learning things well you know what they think right sadly (laughs) (laughs) but I'm I'm either with way, you. The British version is better. Either way, that show is a fucking delight. That is Tis. my like. 
I don't feel guilty about it, but that is my pleasure. When I've had a bad day, I just want to watch nice British people be nice to each other and bait. Yeah, indubitably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of it as like the New Year's Day of TV. Like, <laughs> what do you want to do on New Year's Day? Oh my gosh, I totally watch on New Year's the great Day want to British just bake. watch a marathon of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> That's probably what I'm going to do this year. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, so that's Teledrunk. Yeah. Episode three. Yeah. For 2016. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, the Emmys air September 18th yes. on ABC, I believe. Look, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Look to a Drunk, I'm sure, for your predictions, Matt. Oh, sure. They will be there and they will be super inaccurate. Ah, yes. uh, you're committed that now. That is the Emmys, yay. Uh, thanks for listening. Watch some TV. Watch Fargo. Watch The Leftovers. Watch Mr. Robot. Watch Great British Bake Off. Maybe read a book okay. when you have time, but... Uh, but if you don't do anything else with your life, watch Fargo. Watch TV. Yay! Bye! Bye. <laughs>